Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Mac, I am no Shrekspert, but let's just say I'm overall a fan of the Shrek franchise. Oh, boy. Okay. And Continue. we may have stumbled into something pretty big. Really? Last month, the Weekly Planet podcast was doing a rewatch of the Shrek franchise and pointed out something that a little peculiar. Uh, what is the Weekly Planet podcast? It is a podcast that discusses pop culture and everything else, and they're from Australia. Okay. But either way, Shrek, as an ogre, first movie, bald. All right. Second movie, Handsome Shrek, turned into yep. Handsome Shrek by the fairy godmother, Okay. has beautiful locks. Does he? Yes, he I don't does. Recall that. So this leads to the question: Why? What is happening here? Yeah, isn't bald beautiful? What the fuck is that? That sends a wrong message. Let's get to that, Mac. So you think to yourself, maybe that's just an ogre thing. Maybe all ogres are bald, but no. Right. Fiona has hair. Lots of hair. Yeah. Lots of right. hair. So right. then you say to yourself, maybe it's a dimorphism. Maybe it's a trait amongst male ogres. Is that the issue? I was going to say, I know what that means, but explain what that means to the people. So you say that could be it, and that might be what it is. But then we get to Shrek 4, when Shrek enters an alternate timeline where he does not say Fiona, and we meet some other male ogres like Sexy John Ham Ogre. He has a buzzed five o'clock shadow head and some other ogres who also have hair. They're all men. So what's happening here? Have I seen Shrek 4? I don't know. I don't know if I've seen Shrek 4. I'm trying to think. I don't recall a John Ham Shrek. What year did that come out? 2009, maybe? Yeah, I don't know if I saw it. Maybe maybe that's what I'm going to watch this weekend to lead into the Oscars. So game. what we're looking at here is that it's a choice. Shrek chooses to be bald to be ugly? Well, the, so it's twofold here. Um, first of all, it, it, some women, some men, whoever, some people are simply just attracted to the to the bald person. The second half of that, obviously, some people are naturally turned off by it. But you also have to have the correct shape of your dome piece to pull it off. Some people have ugly dome pieces and need hair to cover it up, cover up their squashes. So, Mac, luckily, I did stumble upon this thesis on APAPsych.net that might oh, crack more. this case wide open. There's more to this. Yes, the thesis is called Shrek Attractivism and Apparent Stereotypes, A Make Ogre Fairy Tale or Happily Ever After Redux. Which points out that as the anti-hero, as the ogre, Shrek, you know, with the bald, wants to look scary. Wants to come off as unattractive. But then, when he meets Fiona's parents in Shrek 2, he wants to appeal to as many people as possible. And he falls in line with the conventional beauty that the fairy godmother bestows upon him with that wish. And he puts hair upon his head. 
And then when he does not want to be with the people once again, he says, no, I want to be ugly. And he becomes bald again. What this tells us is that the creators of Shrek think that bald boys are ugly. They hate bald boys. Yeah. Um, I have two responses to that. Number one, the person who wrote that article should never write another thesis. article ever again. It's a thesis, and it might be mine. Doesn't doesn't matter. They should it was my never senior watch thesis. another movie ever again. Number two, it's also a false premise because Shrek is not an anti-hero. Yes, he's begrudging. He's a begrudging hero. He doesn't want to be a hero. That doesn't make him an anti-hero. An anti-hero is sort of someone that does bad things. But the uh, Shrek the, eats people. And Shrek the eats ends people. Justify That's bad. the means. You know, Punisher is an anti-hero. Shrek's not an anti-hero. Shrek's just a hero. Shrek eats people. That's what they do in that world. They eat other ogres. I'm surprised he didn't eat his ogre babies. He hated his babies. <laughs> that per Fire that person. One, goo, three, yeah! Goo. And I'm mad. And you can tell I just spent two days on a plane. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great lead in for what's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yes. So that's that's where we're at as a podcast. Uh, today, we are discussing everything, everywhere, all at once, which we have talked about here and there. We talked about it uh, in the 2022 Gooby Vault a little more extensively than we had in the past. Um, and this is an interesting movie, and it's taken so long in part because this was such a surprise to Goo and I, the movie of the year, the movie of uh, 2022, although a close second to the Batman. And for a lot of people, this is the movie that's going to define 2022. And we are now seeing that in award season just a few weeks ago at the SAGs. Mm -hmm. Everything everywhere at once, everything everywhere all at once won almost everything it was nominated for and of course this upcoming weekend is the academy awards the oscars and it is a nominated it is nominated for 11 awards Gil. now let me ask you a question because generally we will discuss the best picture winner as soon as they win the award we are almost giving the crown to this movie ahead of time are we jinxing it uh, we could be jinxing it. Mac and Goo uh, is known to jinx movies that yeah. we love. However, I think after that kind of sweep at the SAGs, this is, I, I won't say a shoe-in because we've seen crazy shit happen, but I think we feel so confident in this. And it's just like, and if you look at the other movies nominated for Best Picture, it's so different than all of those. And not, not saying that they aren't worthy Best Picture uh, nominations, but this is a movie that's going to last forever. Yes. You know, and, and as good as Top Gun Maverick is and, you know, is one of the greatest theater experiences of all time for a lot of people mm -hmm. and got people to go back to the theaters in 10 years. No one is going to remember 2022 from Top Gun Maverick. And you're always going to remember this. Well, movie. also, all the other movies might have great stories, great acting. Uh, Top Gun has the spectacle to it. But this movie has all of that in one because... Not only does this have a heartwarming story, but it's a really fun spectacle of a movie. Yeah, and that's in stark contrast to the other one that was maybe one of the the uh, the betting leaders, the Banshees of Anna Sharon, which is just a drag of a movie. A great idea, a great premise. 
I didn't particularly care for it, but it's certainly unique. One of the more unique movies we've seen over the last few years. Uh, but again, when you watch that, when you finish watching that movie, I don't think anyone's like, ah, oh, man, I got to tell someone to watch this, this movie. And with everything everywhere all at once, the minute I finished it, I was telling anyone and everyone. Same to here. But movie. how do you tell people to watch it? Because like I was telling my parents to watch it and I'm like, it gets a little weird and I don't want to explain too much. And then also explain to the point that it turns them off because it sounds so complicated. <laughs> it's the patterns. Um, it's, I don't, I, so you're right. It is tough to sell someone if you're trying to give like a, like a synopsis as we're going to talk about, especially if they're old, right? <laughs> Simmons is old. Yeah. However, I do think that 30, 40 minutes in, there's already something in this movie for everyone. I was going right? to say, too, like, even the first 20 minutes, you don't see coming what happens. Right. Right. It's such a twist yeah. uh, for what this movie becomes. And it's so satisfying so early on, so quickly. And it's so out there that even if you're not quite buying into what's going on, it's so different that you're kind of gripped by it. It is so different. And that's what I love about it. <laughs> and and not for nothing. This is just Jojo Rabbit was another one of these movies. Mm -hmm. Um, nothing is more satisfying than when you watch a movie before someone, you tell them to watch it and they love it as much yeah. as you, if not more. And that was this movie for me last year. That was Venom 2 for me. <laughs> Goo! Yeah! Everything Everywhere All at Once came out March 25th last year, 2022. Uh, oh, that was a limited release. And then as uh, the weeks went on, it was getting more and more bunts. It got... Wasn't it? it was getting more and more. Uh, Jesus, I just had a total brain fart. Um, people were talking about it. That's that's what I'm going for. Uh, it got a wide release on July 29th. And I don't remember exactly when I saw it. I remember. I think I saw it maybe three or four weeks after it came out. Now, I don't know if that was in March or in July. But this was one of those movies. Buzz. Buzz yes. was the word I was looking for. <laughs> it was a B word. I knew it. It was like an avalanche. It started as a <laughs> yeah. snowball. It went down the hill, picked up, and then became Joe Sackick. <laughs> And <laughs> um, this also, I don't know if you recall, um, but the 2022 movie draft, yeah. uh, Keith actually got this, but I had talked about it a little bit and talked about how interesting of an idea this was. So, you know, credit to Keith, he won last year's movie draft in large part because of this movie. This movie, Goo, is a rated R action adventure comedy fantasy and sci-fi, and it truly hits on all five of those genres yeah. and fulfills them more than 100% on each of them. And overall, uh, which we you mentioned a little bit too, it's got a wonderful, wonderful heart to the story, a nice family story. Yeah. So it's all-encompassing. And like I said, th there's really something here for everyone. And also, the way that it ties up the family story, it's not so, like, cookie-cutter, but it just opens a door for everybody. Right, right. And it, the runtime here is 139 minutes. Two hours and 19 minutes. So it's not a short movie, mm. but because it does so many awesome and insane things, you do not feel that runtime no. at all. In fact, the slowest part of the movie is the first 15 or 20 minutes. And then even on a rewatch, you like that first 15 or 20 minutes even more because you realize how necessary it you is. You absolutely need it. It's so, so necessary. Yes. Go on Rotten Tomatoes, 95% from the critics, 89% from the audience. Now, I will admit, I could see how an audience member could be turned off because this is so out there. To some, it's really chaotic. To some I still think it's there's something eclectic. there for said person. Yeah. I don't know how this isn't 100% from the critics. 
Once again, chaotic, eclectic. Maybe the person's old. <laughs> I just... On Metacritic, it's an 81. Anything 80-plus on Metacritic is is dynamite. Mm -hmm. Sort of an all-time territory. Territory. You don't see too many 80-pluses on Metacritic. Good with the box office. This had a budget of $25 million estimated, by the way. It made $73 million domestically. Another 33 overseas. That's $106 million overall. Uh, that's the most movie ever, most money ever for an A24 movie. It surpassed Hereditary. It surpassed Uncut, Uncut Gems. Uncut and like gems. I said, this, this is nominated for 11 Academy Awards. Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress times two, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Original Score, Best Original Song, Best Film Editing, and Best Costume Design. So not only does it touch upon the themes and the genres that we like as viewers, Again, critically, this is an absolute darling. Which again, I don't, I don't know what what the five percent of critics. And you know, we'll get into the you know the bigger awards in a second. But you know, the editing really was perfect. The original score works so well with the movie, and the costume design going from the uh, multiverse jumping aspects of it looks perfect. Looks great, and even things down to the little stuff like the way Jamie Lee Curtis's character looks in that yes, office, in that yes. office setting. They absolutely nail the little stuff. And the laundromat, they nail that little aspect too. Just the attention to detail of this movie. Is Although I will say, so Jamie Lee Curtis is getting a ton of love for this movie, and she was mm -hmm. very good in it, but not the standout that I would say deserves like best supporting actress at all these award shows. What do you think there? No, and, and we'll get to that in a second. So we'll, we'll jump to the stars in a second. So this movie is written and directed by... Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Mm -hmm. um, they did a movie called Swiss Army Man, uh, which some people may have seen. That, that did pretty well critically. Not a lot of people saw it in the theaters. The though. boxers loved it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, other than that, you really wouldn't know what they've done. Uh, synopsis of this movie, Goo, which is incredibly hard to write a synopsis for. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure in which she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led. That's actually not a bad synopsis, all things considered. Because she can't do anything right, they believe that she'll be able to solve everything. Yeah, pretty much. Right, yeah, pretty much, uh, which is weird to think about. And Gu, uh, that she that we're talking yes. about, the aging Chinese immigrant, is Michelle Yeoh as Evelyn Wong. She's unbelievable in this role. Absolutely perfect. I loved her from start to finish, and I'm not going to say that she carried this because this is an absolute team effort, but... She is amazing in this. Yeah, and uh, you can speak to this a little bit more than I can. Uh, but from my experience, she felt like that first-generation immigrant, someone that is a little intimidated by American culture and mm -hmm. American proceedings, but is still quietly confident in, in what they do. And, of course, your wife is an immigrant. Your wife's parents also immigrants. Yeah, and, you know, she's so focused on the work, and she loses sight of things with her husband. She... Uh, almost pigeonholes her daughter into, you know, making her daughter feel a certain way or how she might be viewed by her mother. And that picks up as we go along and is pretty much solved by the end, but also not. Yes, right. They come to a, uh, an understanding, sort of. And I, we'll, we'll go spoiler-free yeah. for a little bit and here. But our spoilers aren't that heavy, either way. Yeah, but and it of is course, at the, the movie's end. been yes. out for a fucking year, so yeah. get over it. Mm -hmm. uh, Goo, and this is what you were talking about a minute ago. Stephanie Shu as Joy Wang slash Jobu Tupaki. Uh, she, as well as Jamie Lee Curtis, are nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Jamie Lee Curtis actually won at the SAG Awards for Best Supporting Actress. 
which again, she was good. Well, like yeah, she said. was very, very good. I'm not taking anything away from her, but also I would like to take that away. <laughs> I'd like to take that award <laughs> away from her and give it to Stephanie Hsu instead. Yeah, this movie doesn't work without Stephanie Hsu, mm-hmm. but it still would work without and Jamie also, Lee Curtis. It really is. It's Hsu and it's Yo together. You're right, but also I feel like the heart and soul of the movie is Ki Hoi Kwan as Waymond, you know? So it's it's yeah. a threefold yeah. there, you know? You know, Yo and Shu sort of pick up mm-hmm. where Waymond leads them, but the heart and soul of this movie is for sure Waymond Wong, of course, again, played by Ki, Ki Hui I don't even know if I'm saying Ki that Hu right. Kwan. I should probably get that yes. right. I just keep calling him Rich Homie Kwan. Uh, he won for Best Supporting Actor at the SAGs, gave an awesome speech. I'll say this right now. My favorite thing of this entire award season is pretty much him sweeping through getting all these awards and every one of his speeches almost brings tears to my eyes. Oh, absolutely. And as likable as his character is on screen, off screen, the actor is even more likable. And his story and what he's been through. At the Golden Globes, just tears. Yeah. He just... He seems so genuinely yes. happy for himself and, and this movie. Well, this and movie, and then also now, like, what it means for Asian actors. Right. And that's a huge thing, too. So Michelle Yeoh, going back to her, is the first Asian woman to be uh, nominated for Best Actress. Yes. Which is insane to think about. How many movies and how many Asian actresses there's been over the years. She's the first also, one. Also, think about this. Asia is a really big continent. A lot of Asian people on this planet, for sure. Yeah. That, it, it's sort of mind-blowing. And I know, you know, this is strictly American cinema where they get uh, nominated, but there's also a lot of Asian Americans. It's sort of, it Rob really Schneider. Make sense. <laughs> it's a stapler. Uh, goo, other people in this. Yes. James Hong, who's like 97 years old as Gong Gong, the grandfather. He was good. Very, very good. Yes. Uh, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis as Deirdre Babirdre, phenomenal name. She's really only in the movie for 15 minutes at most. Hot dog fingers. (laughs) Again, she won Best Supporting Actress at the SAGs. Uh, Tally Metal as Becky Sreger. Uh, She is Joy's girlfriend, Mm -hmm. who we see at the beginning and end of the movie, really. Jenny Slate is in here as the character named Big Nose. We see her at the beginning with the dog, and that plays a little bit of a part. A big really, payoff. Really funny big part. payoff yeah, with that. Really great yes. payoff There's there. so many great payoffs in this of like yes. stuff that they kind of you know drop a breadcrumb for like early on, yep. and then out of nowhere, there's a raccoon on someone's head. There's a lot of alley-oops tossed, and most of them get slammed down. It's yeah. just great, great payoffs. Yeah. And then also one of those, not even a payoff actually, just what a pleasant surprise, uh, and it's very fitting here in March Magnus. Uh, Detective Crashmore, Santa Claus himself, Biff Whiff pops up here. You got paid $2 million for this movie. (laughs) That's his quote. They had to pay him. Which is just, uh, it's so satisfying to see these I think you should leave actors pop up in other places. I agree. Other than the characters we named, there's not much else. There's there's people here and there. Well, there's a bunch of like henchmen. Yeah, and there's the the dude from uh, Glee with Rakakuni. You know, they get scenes here and there. But that's really the cast. It's Yo, Shu, Quan. Yeah, re- actually, you know what? It's just really those three, the family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and Waymond, it, from the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. even in the setup, that first yeah. 20 minutes, you can see how hard he's trying. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get very annoyed with Evelyn. Yeah. And that's purposeful. That makes the end much more satisfying. But essentially, in my mind, where Evelyn and Joy end up, is where Waymond was pushing them. That's what he wanted for them, you know? And it took them having to go through their own stuff to get there, which is a great metaphor, you know? You can't 
you can't really force people to to see things they have to they have to figure it out themselves and then you also mentioned that shu pretty much played two different characters she played the daughter but then she also played jobu tapaki wayman so kihu kwan played wayman but he also played the alpha wayman and they're completely different characters right and then there's also the one in the universe where uh, Evelyn is a movie star. Yeah. And he's great in that. Oh, my and that God. One he is so too. good in that, too. But, like, he's so good. So, regular Wayman is, like, the emotional part of it. Especially right. that, you know, when they come to an agreement at the end. Like, what, that part at the end is really heartwarming. But the Alpha Wayman is a huge part of the comedy here. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's what we, we haven't really talked about so far. And, and that's really, again, what, what holds this, what, what separates this movie from the pack. It just hits on so many notes. Yeah. It's hysterical. It's fun. It's action-packed, but also emotional, meaningful, with a story that tugs at your heartstrings. And because of that, because it runs that gauntlet, it's so relatable to so many different types of people. Also, there is some shock humor in here that's also really funny. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Lit literally like jaw-dropping moments, like at least two or three times. Mm -hmm. And I think you can argue, Goo, that this movie is simultaneously the best action movie of the year, the best comedy of the year, mm -hmm. the best drama, the best fantasy adventure, the best sci-fi. All of those things, I think you could argue. And we talked about this with 2022 movies and, and when we did awards we almost had to go out of our way to nominate other movies for those awards. Yeah, because you could definitely make the argument Mount Rushmore for every one of those categories. Absolutely. 100%. Easy. And, and the movie that I keep coming back to, and this was when I was trying to describe to people or or have them buy in and, and go watch this movie. If, the, if that person bought into Jojo Rabbit and liked it, I was like, it's sort of, it's not at all like Jojo Rabbit. No. But it's so off the beaten path like that one was. It's was outlandish. Like, yeah, yes. if that worked for you, this is going to work for you. It's just so incredibly unique. And you it's just rare we get a movie like this. And, that, and that's I what I keep coming back to for 2022 and awards. Like in three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 2022 is going to be the year of everything everywhere all at once. I can't remember the last movie. It might be Uncut Gems that Gems. stuck with me for like weeks. And all I could think about when I thought about movies, I just thought about this movie and everything in it. Right, exactly. And that and th that's really, you know, when you watch a movie, uh, most people have recency bias. And you're like, oh, that's really good. Oh, that's really this. And then sometimes two or three days later, you never feel the need to rewatch that movie. That happens with most movies, honestly, with me. This movie, I wanted to rewatch it immediately because mm -hmm. I knew there was stuff I missed. I knew there was stuff in the setup that I missed. And that's the type of movie it is. Mac, so I believe that this movie, like you've already said, has everything. There's something for everybody, and it's trippy, fantastical, enthralling, personal, heartfelt, funny, unbelievably captivating, and it's just weird. It is so much my kind of weird, and the immigrant story works so perfectly, and it sets up the story so well. Also, it you know shows Evelyn's life falling apart and kind of diverting away from it for a little bit, but then when you get back to... You know, her real life, not the alpha characters. And then she's trying to hide from it again, going back into the multiverse once again to just, you know, not think about it. And every time that they sprinkle back into it, you're like, things are going very, very poorly for her right now. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of a dark movie, but because it's so well written. It's super dark. You sort of, you don't gloss over it, but you it doesn't, the impact doesn't, sort of, I guess what you were saying 
It doesn't really hit you how heavy it is until after the fact. Well, the stuff with Joy is super heavy. The stuff with right. Joy with right. the everything bagel and, you know, once you see everything, what's the point of all this? Mm-hmm. It's an existential crisis and to the nth degree. needing to have your parent help you to pull you out of that kind of a funk. And it's also on the other side of it, and you're not even close to there because your son is three years old, realizing as a parent what you need to give to your child. And maybe for your kid. all it is is just listening. Maybe right. it's just lending an right. ear. It's maybe that's all it is. Sometimes. And it's right. it's not even saying, okay, I'll give into whatever you want or you need to give into whatever I want. It's just having a conversation. Yeah, being a human being, ultimately. Just sharing a little bit of care. And that's what Wayman says at the end. He's like, hey, right. if you just care a little bit more, that could send a ripple throughout everything. And that's it, when you go back to the, the setup of this movie, mm-hmm. Wayman's kind of the neutral, right? Yeah. He's here and Evelyn's over here and Joy's over here, the two extremes, and he's trying to pull them together. Uh, and that's why I say he's the heart and soul of this movie because yeah. uh, especially early on, he's the only character you like also. Yeah, so it really is. It's about you know fulfilling one's full potential, finding purpose, life's worth living, which, like you just said, those are all kind of heavy topics as well. But then also knowing when you need to let go to you know let them you know kind of find their own way, but still be there for them right exactly great comedy in this lots of funny stuff <laughs> there and we'll, we'll talk about the specifics yeah. and the spoilers yeah but there was like three moments in this movie that i fucking cackled yeah to. and then also when she needs to jump from multiverse to multiverse or create something new or jump into a, a different version of herself she needs to do something outlandish something crazy something that uh, something her normal self would not do Right. So some of the stuff that she did is pretty funny. Yeah, good hijinks there. Yeah. And also, which we haven't mentioned, you know, obviously this is a multiverse movie and we actually see quite a few uh, universes. Yeah. It almost couldn't have come out at a better time in a better year because it comes out, what, a month after Strange? Same time. Strange. No, exact same time. Well, same time. And that movie completely flubbed the multiverse. This absolutely nails it. But I would also say this is that you don't even need to compare it to any other movie for this to be perfect. No, that's true, too. Yeah. I just think it, it gets. No, no, no. you want to take down Marvel. You're being paid <laughs> by big DC. Now, James Gunn just left yeah, you I'm a check. Yeah. And he said, Mac, have at it. Take down Strange. <laughs> no, I'm too busy being annoyed with Star Wars and jumped over to the MCU. But either way, just an amazing parent child dynamic in this story. And the way that they wrap it up is beautiful. And it really is just about listening and having an open mind. Yeah, for sure. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mac, want to go through the gauntlet? Let's do it. That was good. Fun factor. How fun was this movie? To me, the fun factor is different at different stages of the movie. Mm -hmm. So, like, early on, Wayman's trying to do simple, ordinary tasks in that first 20 minutes is funny to me. When they're preparing the taxes, like, small stuff like that. And then it ramps up from there. The minute you're introduced to that alpha Wayman, you're like, oh, shit. The minute the other uh, Jamie Lee Curtis character comes in, you're like, oh, it just keeps ramping up, ramping up. This movie is so fun. 
Alpha Wayman with the fanny pack is fantastic. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. <laughs> also, just learning the rules of the multiverse is really fun in all those yeah. scenarios. And then, like you said, Alpha Wayman is really, really funny. And I, I, like you said, too, jumping from universe to universe, that thing it, it, uh, plays a big part, too. Satisfactor. How satisfied were you by this movie? And for me, Evelyn figuring things out is so satisfying. Not only for her to use the multiverse and jumping through, but figuring things out for each member of her family. Yeah, uh, that's 100% true. Uh, for me, the the lengths of or the extremes this movie goes to, how insane it gets is really satisfying. Mm -hmm. um, and that starts with the introduction of Joe Butapaki. Uh, and also, even though I find the, the end of the movie incredibly predictable because that's where it's building to, it's so good that you don't even care that you know what's coming. You know what I mean? It's so satisfying even still. Yeah, but it's kind of predictable, but it's also in the fact that they just kind of get to a bare minimum. It's not this over-the-top... It's a base level I thing. love you. It's just a... Yeah. All right. Yeah. We can coexist. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Borometer. And like you've already said, the first 20 minutes, I wouldn't call boring, but it is the slowest part of the movie. I, my first time watching, I did feel like it was boring. I'm not going to lie. I okay. was like, what What are we doing here? Uh, on rewatches, I truly appreciate this first part of the movie. Aquator, it is above. It's yeah, better than Aquaman. Corn, get that corn out of my face. Halloween. Will this movie wane over time? And I guess there's only one place for it to go, and that's down, but I don't think it's going to. Yeah, I, I guess you're right in, in that respect. But also, this has already gone up from me from my initial viewing, so... Mm -hmm. No. Max Credit Union, who deserves credit for said movie? And Mac, I would say team effort. Give it to everybody. Yeah, everyone in the awards is are are reflecting that. But I still would like to underscore Quan. He really is the heart and soul of the movie. Pants Tant City. Excite Bike Mania. What got you going in this movie? Among many of sweet, sweet fight scenes. The first Jobu Tapaki fight scene was fantastic. And the final staircase fight is just a real standout. Yeah, uh, for me, the two the two first big pops is when the Alpha Wayman comes in and you're like, oh, this is fucking cool what they're yeah. doing here. And then when Jobu Tupaki comes in and starts changing the environment and changing yes. inanimate objects was just incredible. Which such is a, then used at the cool end team. as well. Yeah, yes, yep. I can't even think of a song to sing here, but hot dogs, right? Am I, am I right, <laughs> Hot man? dog fingers. Da -na 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 -na. Oh, hot dog fingers. <laughs> For those of you tardy to the Mac and Goo party, we rate everything on a 40 hot dog basis. And Mac, I'll just go right out and say this. This is 40 hot dogs for me. I fucking love this movie. Yep, hands up. This is on me. I gave it 39 hot dogs when leaving the theater. I was wrong. There's a 40 hot dog movie. After like three days, I regretted taking a dog away. And like we said numerous times, this movie sticks with you. You want to share this movie with people. And to me, it is the at least the best movie of the last three years. Uh, you have to go back to 2019 where there's some movies that might argue for the top spot. It's one of the best movies of the last decade. It's one of the best movies of all time. Mac, now we started this podcast this specific podcast in 2017, mm -hmm, right at the mm -hmm, start of the year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And do you want to save our top 10 movies for another day? Um, yeah, I, I 
I have a quick list here. I didn't number them. I did come up with 14 movies in the conversation uh, with this movie for like best of, mm-hmm. um, but maybe that's a pod for another day. Because we do need content. Just know, we hey, spoiler, content. this is number one. For you. For yes. you. Yes. Not, not for me. This might be my favorite movie. Like it is just so complete. Uh, that is true. That is true. It might be the best movie. It's I don't have it at number one though. Okay. And I I mean spoiler for me, Infinity War is gonna be number one maybe forever for me, uh, at least of the movies we've been doing on this podcast. I could argue this number two, number three, like JoJo's in the conversation. A Star Is Born is a movie that I love way more than everyone else, and I. That's a good movie. That. Plus, you were swept up on all the Gaga. Ah, uh, so good, so good, and um. Parasite's another one that's sort of on this level that came out of nowhere. Yes, too. Parasite, very good. But Parasite, the third act, kind of lost me. That whole basement thing. Oh, it's so shocking. That's another movie it's that shocking, has gone It's shocking, but up. I don't know. All right, well, fuck you. Look, they're physically beneath us. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you've got Endgame, Logan, some other 40 doggers we've discussed. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, Batman, that's, that's, also very good. Yeah, that's a pod for another day for sure. All right, Mac, want to do some minor spoilers? Let's do it. The dildo fight. Fantastic. Oh, so good. When the cops come into the office and Jobu Tupaki shows up and you're like, oh, shit. Like, of course, she's a multiversal being. Yes. Um, what do they call those beings in the MCU? By the way? A nexus being. She's yes, a nexus, nexus being. Yes. You don't really fully understand what she can do until she does it. And yeah. then the dildo fight that happens there is fucking incredible. Yeah, so she's able to put her consciousness into any joy. She has the ability to do it without having to, you know, eat a bug or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) She can jump to any universe at any time. And because she is a Nexus being, she also can take any object from any other universe and transfigure it. Is that the word? I think that's the word, transfigurated. I don't, I don't know words, so. Um, so you can turn one inanimate object into any other inanimate yeah. object, and we see that in that initial scene. Speaking of jumping, Mac, how about that butt plug? <laughs> that's incredible. Absolutely. Like, that's one of those things. The best part, no, I can't say the best part, because we've said that a million times. But what this movie continually does is outdo yes. itself during yeah. its runtime. Each and every scene, there's a new thing that you're like, I can't believe they just did that. Like when you think about the the rock universe when they're mm-hmm. on the ledge, like I can't believe that works so well. It, like the butt plug, like all of the hot dog fingers. It's amazing. So let's talk about the ending a little bit here. So first off, I love that, uh, like the cuts of all the universes and it's just Michelle Yeoh and it's just showing all of her different looks. Which by the way, yes. that's just for that flickering scene. I love the, it. That earns the film editing Oscar Beautiful. In, in its, by itself. Then you go to her stuff with Wayman, and they figure things out. Like, let's try. Yeah, I like that the in the universe that she's a movie star, it's that Wayman mm-hmm. that sort of makes her realize what she's missing. Because it's the same Wayman. Yeah, of course, the one in her in her normal universe isn't, you know, as yeah. eloquent, but he's still the same guy, the same person. And that makes her realize what she's been missing. And her unlocking her relationship with Waymond mm-hmm. is what makes her realize what she needs to do with Joy. Yes. And leading up to that, you have this great, great fight scene. But then Waymond steps in and says, hey, a kind gesture can create a ripple. And what you then have for the next, I don't know, five minutes is just her mowing through people and turning their guns into flowers, doing 
you know, crazy stuff, tickling people and whatnot. <laughs> it, it's true, though. Like, I, I've always been a big fan of the movie The Butterfly Effect, which yeah. came out, I believe, in 2003, Ashton Kutcher. Ethan Supply. The, way, the, the uh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Amy Smart. Um, the director's cut of that movie is what, a do you want to fight? Status. What is this? <laughs> Just one up in each other. <laughs> The director's cut of that movie is much better than the theatrical cut. Yeah. Um, but that, in essence, is the same idea here. The mm -hmm. butterfly effect, the ripple effect that you have changing things in universes or changing things in general. And Evelyn thinks that by telling her father, because she thinks her father is like an old school guy. Gung -gung. He, he won't accept Joy as a lesbian. So she tells him, hey, this is her girlfriend, everything else. And Joy's like... You're still being overbearing by doing this. Right, right. Having having to go out of your way to like give this qualifier yes. on it is still exactly what I'm talking about. So let's get to the everything bagel, which I think just works so well. And it's such a tight concept too. But you also, it, so they sort of, they, they drop things in there about the everything yes. bagel, right? And then they sort of hit you over the head with it at mm -hmm. one point. But they at least I needed that, and I'm like, oh, I get it. I fully understand it. And it also, of course, plays into the title of the movie. So once again, uh, she feels the weight of the multiverse, and she puts everything onto this bagel. And then even with all the craziness and chaos in one place, she realizes that nothing really matters, which is very depressing. And to, to uh, put that in layman's terms, to dumb it down, because I know we're all dumb here on the Mac and Goo program. Yes. What what that metaphor is, is sometimes some people might say not maybe not the everything bagel, but if you put too many flavors on something, there's no flavors. You can't taste anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what her character is feeling. There's too many emotions, too many universes. So ultimately, she feels nothing. Yes. And that's a really dark conclusion. And this void is pulling her in right. and the way to pull her out because she's trying to pull her mother into the void with her. Right. And this void for lack of a better term, is depression, mm -hmm. despair. That's sort of what we're talking about. By her mother realizing, you know, hey, I just need to listen to my daughter. Much like she listened to Wayman. Much like, you know, kind acts. She spoke with Jamie Lee Curtis. And just by speaking with her, by the way, she's being audited. The police are there. There's a whole thing there too. But just by speaking to Jamie Lee Curtis, they're able to come to an understanding. Right. And that that's, I actually sort of forgot about that too. Jamie Lee Curtis as a, uh, as much as of a, of a villain as she appears to be in that yes. first universe, she actually is very understanding as well, you know? And she's also very upset, too. She just got a divorce herself. Right. And so her little bit of understanding le leads Evelyn to, like, that opens a new path for her as well. And, and all this is sort of going back to it. And, you know, there's a, obviously there's a larger discussion here that we're not really qualified for. Um, but it, we're talking about just, you know, therapy or lending an ear to someone listening empathy yes. is what we're talking about here it really does go a long way there really is a ripple effect there for a lot of people because the stuff with joy at the end it's not like it's this big you know come to god moment with the two of them of being like oh now we're super happy no it's just that you know they're willing to listen to each other it's not like they solve anything or there's a conclusion or an answer they just come to an agreement and sometimes that's all it takes and you'll figure out the rest as long as there's an understanding there. Because you think for a second there, because Joy just rips into her, and then Evelyn says, no, you're my daughter. I want right. to be a part of your life. Right. I don't like that you have tattoos. Yeah, it's simple, right? Yeah. And, and she's still, she'll still nitpick at her, but she also understands that 
She's got to let Joy be Joy. And on the same side of it, Joy's got to let her mom be a mom as well. Yeah. You know, she also can't limit her there. So, Mac, I'll just tell you right now, I love this movie. It's, it's, so a, it's such a good movie. And it really is like the more you talk about it, the more emotional you can get about it because it is so relatable in so many different aspects. It really and is. Like, and I'm not a mother or a daughter. You're not a mother or a daughter. You don't know me. <laughs> but it's still very relatable, whether it be a friend or a family member. I feel like every person on the planet has a relationship like this with someone. And that's why this movie works so well. So I am a hard 40 hot dogs for this movie. Hard, and hard double locked 40. Give them all of the awards. But I'll say this right Please. now. If they don't win the Academy Awards, I don't care. You know, it's like, who no, cares I'm about rioting. the awards? Who cares? I'm rioting. This movie's beyond the awards. You're right. It transcends it for sure. And I will say, if it does win, though, it's going to be maybe the most satisfying Best Picture win I've ever had. Let's get into Maxack. Man, Maxack could be anything. It could be a boat. And this week, Mac, a little game I like to call Mash for Cash. Oh, Mash for Cash, America's favorite game where Goo will play a mashup song. Mac will hear the first three seconds of said song and then tell me the song that it'll be mashed up with. Today's songs will be mashed up by There I Ruined It, the TikTok account. Mac, are you ready to play? Hold on. Yes. So you're going to play me a song, and it's actually another song, and I have to guess that song? I'm going to play you a song. The first I know, three which, seconds. I know it's going to be the Burger King stuff. I understand. You that. hear the song, and then yep. you say to yourself, hmm, I what believe that it's going to be actually? mashed up with that other song. No, I know exactly what song it's going to be mashed up with. Whopper, whopper, that shit. That's not it. All right, go for it then. Ready, Mac? First song. Here's the first three seconds. So that is Mario 2. What is Mario 2 going to be mashed up with? The Burger King theme song. Let's take a listen. To all the ladies in the place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes. Why is this so good? Why is that so good? But let's just kick it. One of these homies think he got to sleep with. Who took their fucking holy shit? That must have taken some time to distort like that. Guys, that is an incredible job. Tell you right now, there I ruined it on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm sorry, Instagram and TikTok. Best accounts in the world. I thought for sure we were getting Whopper, Whopper, whatever the fuck that thing is. All right, Mac, I'm going to play you the first three seconds of the next song. By the I'm way, know. if you win, millions of dollars. I'm ready? not going to know. Okay. So that is Coldplay, The Scientist. The scientist. Ah, what is okay. it mashed up with? The Burger King theme song. Get in my belly. I'm gonna eat you. Get in my belly. My belly. Come here, I'm gonna eat you. This is worth the copyright strikes. <laughs> One of the most beautiful songs of all time. And I'm not even a Coldplay guy. The Scientist is one of the most beautiful songs of all time. And they mashed it up <laughs> with Fat Bastard. <laughs> so Mac right now has $0. I don't know if you guys are playing at home. Of course, 
Mash for cash. Yeah. Mac, the final song up here. Bad Romance, ra, ra, Lady Gaga. Gaga, ooh la la, ba la ra ra ra, watch out, bad romance. Absolute bop. Uh, I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what's coming. All right. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> Once again, being taken down from YouTube, but well worth it because that was Mash for Cash. Where can the people find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mac and Goo Podcast. That's Mac ampersand Goo. Uh, you man, uh, uh, I'm I'm losing it today. Goo. Credit to us, by the way, we're soldiering on through our tiredness uh, this evening. Uh, you can find us everywhere else. Mac ampersand Goo. That's Mac Shift Seven Goo. That includes Facebook, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, Speaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Uh, we are on Spotify. More importantly, we're on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, five stars. If you do that, we'll get you a free T-shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear. That's Watertown Sportswear on 34 Mile Robin Street in Watertown, Massachusetts. WatertownSportswear.com, expert screen printing and embroidery. Tpublic.com, Tons of I think you should leave merch out there. Also, speaking of I think you should leave, our polls are live. And the second round will begin on Monday. Bang. Round Bang. of 32 coming up. All right. So check us out next week. We'll have more content. Tuesdays or Goose Days, I abuse kangaroos. Bye. Now it's time for girls jumping on trampolines. Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure. Come here. I'm going to eat you. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.